0: Welcome everyone to L2R2 PlayStation Podcast. My name is Fonzie. I'm joined by my co-host indie game dev, and my UK bruv from another mum, Cal Monroe. Cal, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, good. Um, for once, I've actually watched all of the things we're going to be talking about today, so I Ooh. should have um, I should have some mildly interesting things to say. Maybe.
0: <laughs> well, I like when you shoot from the hip. I like when your your mind's better. When it's just like, I have no idea what's going on, but here's my take. <laughs> yeah. Here's that take.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's what normally happens. I normally like I'd I'd sort of see that there's a video of something and I just think, ah, that's over 20 seconds long. I'm not going to watch that. (laughs) I actually watched all of the things that have been coming out um, sort of over the past few days. You know, we finally got a look at everything. So, yeah, looking forward to discuss that, get your take on it and see what see what we think.
0: Nice. Same here. Uh, How was your week? What did you do? Did you play anything?
1: Uh, yeah, I've been playing uh, mostly um, actually Among Us. I've been playing uh, a lot of um, with some friends.
0: Tell me about uh, that because I've watched footage and I don't really understand like how you play it. But uh, it's like taking the yeah. internet by storm. I think it surpassed a yeah. uh, Fall Guys for like the top streaming game. But what do you what do you think about
1: yeah. it? Yeah, so I I um don't I mean as you know I don't normally play you know, these kind of things. Um, but you know I was roped into playing it. We set up like a Discord server like especially for it and everything. Um, So I've only played it with friends. I've never played it in public or anything, but um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's basically, it reminds me of like Trouble in Terrorist Town that you could play on like Gary's mod where, um, Mm. you know, you've got one or two sort of people who are secretly the bad guys and they have to try and mess up your game or kill you whilst not sort of giving away that it's them. Um, So it's basically just that. It's a lot of lying and deceiving each other. Um, a lot of trust is broken. Um, (laughs) but most of all, you know, it's uh, it's really good fun. It's really addicting. Um, really funny. Um, really simple to play. And um, so yeah. So I've just I've been playing a lot of that in the evenings. Um, a lot of the time. Um, but I've also been playing. Um, what else have I been playing? There was something else. But I've. Oh yeah, I've started Assassin's Creed Odyssey.
0: uh, Oh, nice. Um, did you finish really, the last really one, or enjoyed. did you kind of transition to this one?
1: No, I. Uh, it got too much. There was just it was too cringy, and the story was just got too ridiculous. And, <laughs> I mean, not not in not in what it was trying to say, just in the way it was like presented. Yeah. Um. It just started getting really just. I just couldn't get on with it. Um. And I've downloaded Odyssey, and it's such a huge step above uh, Origins. I didn't realize how um Different, they actually are in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, if you look at it, sort of like surface level, they don't seem that different. But there's a lot of improvements that have been done to Odyssey, especially in mostly in like the presentation of like the characters' faces, like the, when they talk, and it's a lot more, uh you know, better presented. And there's just a few extra things they've added in that just make it um, more fun. I'm yet to sort of run into the grindiness of it, uh, which I'm sure I will. I will encounter at some point. But no, I'm really really enjoying that. Um, uh, as well but uh, and also like i mentioned to you before we started i've been playing some baldurs gate 3 as well so yeah a bit of fl- sort of everything really uh, nice. from among us to baldurs gate <laughs> <laughs>
0: right yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know with uh, assassin's creed so that's it's maybe about 2 years since the last one right oh, we're coming up on 2 years hmm. this holiday uh, i know it like took the internet by storm where it was top of the you know game of the year list people really loved it i played yeah. maybe the first 3 hours i want to say i got to try it first on there was a free demo on Stadia where you got to play the whole game for free if you uh, opted in to just try out that streaming service, and it worked yeah. fine. I think I ended up downloading yeah. it on on PS4 or Xbox or something, but I liked the yeah. I like where the whole uh, this whole game is uh, going, the whole uh, series is going with this open world aspect. I think they're nailing just like giving you control over what how you want to tackle stuff. The gameplay is mm-hmm. really solid. Uh, the game itself is crazy beautiful. And um, yeah. yeah, it's just like and the, the bug never sticks with me for very long, where I keep playing it. But uh, I'm excited more for not Ragnarok for the next one coming up. I'm, I'm blanking on the name. Yeah. Um, uh, for the Valhalla. There you go, Valhalla. Uh, I think yeah. uh, just that whole story aesthetic mixed with this gameplay, like I think they they've really nailed it going forward. And I can't wait for that next one. But yeah, this game was super solid. I wonder how long you'll yeah you'll you'll stick with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, what well, it was the same for me. I mean, I'd heard huge amount of hype for it, uh, from sort of everyone I, I know who had played it and online, and I'd heard similar things for Origins, but it was a bit more mixed. So I can sort of understand that now. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's really great, and like you said, it's it's made me more excited for Valhalla because I was I sort of only had Origins to use as that comparison at first, but. Obviously it's gonna be closer to Odyssey than it is Origins, um, which is great because I mean, just visually it looks amazing. It, I mean it only has to look like that for Valhalla and that's fine by me. Um and yeah, the way exploration's done in Odyssey is different. I mean, there there's two uh, modes you choose from when you start the game. I don't know if you remember where it says um, you know, the traditional um sort of Assassin's Creed way where you have all your markers on your map, you know where you know where all the side quests are if you wanna go and find them. Um, or the way it says it's meant to be played is in exploration mode where you'll only find a side quest if you run past the person who or come near the person who starts that quest Um, if you if you're talking to somebody about a quest you have to ask them questions about where you need to go Um, so it will never direct you exactly where to go it will just give you like hints of like certain areas where the quest is meant to be Um, and I think I mentioned before my favorite thing about Origins and Odyssey as well it's seeming is the way Ubisoft build their worlds and sort of put all their sort of storytelling into their environments. Um, so just by having this exploration mode, it allows me to accidentally stumble upon things more and, uh, you know, explore without feeling like I'm doing the wrong thing or going off for when I should be doing something else, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying that. Um, and yeah, looking forward to play more of it.
0: Now, have you got far enough to find that huge, uh, that huge sculpture with the giant penis and hang off of it have you done that yet
1: yes yeah I did um I I climbed it and I grabbed the penis and uh it and she said something about it Uh, really screenshot as well Uh, so yeah I did did everything I did the whole tourism (laughs) tourism of I was sort of a tourist of that game uh to do that because I sort of had forgotten that that was in it until um I was sort of grasping onto uh the shaft so um (laughs) So yeah, yeah, I've I've done that, Uh, ticked that box. (laughs) That's
0: good. Yeah, 10 out of 10 just for the giant penis alone. So that's great. (laughs) Now with Boulder's Gate, so you're early into it. It's the game's early access, as you mentioned before the show. Uh, What are your early takes just uh, playing it and going through it?
1: Uh, yeah, so um, I think bugs aside, oh, I, I suppose I'll probably get those out of the way first. I mean, there's some pretty bad texture popping sometimes, especially when you get to a new area or if you, you know, a new cutscene starts. It does. It can take probably up to about a minute for everything to start rendering in properly. Um, but and also, yeah, the game's crashed on me five or six times, and the auto save system really needs some work as well. Um, but other than all of that, it, it's it's really good. Um, it's it, I mean, I am I play Dungeons & Dragons every week, so I'm familiar with that rule set and I'm familiar with sort of the the lore and the world of it. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so uh, I'm enjoying that aspect of it. But um, in terms of sort of the, the bugs and things, they are a little bit annoying. But um, yeah, no, I'm really, really enjoying it.
0: Nice. I know uh, I've never quite been uh, pulled into this style of gameplay, but the game itself, I've been watching footage for the past couple of months and it looks crazy gorgeous like that's one thing Mm -hmm. where it's like i wish i could get into this because it just looks crazy beautiful but um i wonder if is it more approachable like from an action kind of style or is it kind of boggy down to that turn-based stuff do they give you options on how you want to play it
1: yeah so it's turn-based so it it plays exactly how the combat in actual Dungeons dragons plays so you know it's turn-based um You know, pretty much everything, but, you know, you get an action, a bonus action, your movement, everything is identical to the rule set of Dungeons and Dragons to the point where if you're making a perception check or an ability check or something, you actually roll a d20 on the screen to see if you, you get it, which is really cool. Um, similar to these games that try and replicate like tabletop RPGs, you know, like your pillars of eternity and Pathfinder and and these kind of games. Um, You know, they always have um, the narration in the writing, so it it can describe certain things for you. Um, But in Baldur's Gate three, it's narrated by a a really, really nice sort of um, lady voice actor, uh, which kind of makes feel like you sort of have a dungeon master explaining certain things to you, which is quite nice. Um, So, yeah so if you're familiar with Dungeons and Dragons the, the sort of rule set it's it's easy to get into but I think if you're not familiar with it it's quite daunting uh, to understand um also there's even things that I don't quite understand just the way things are laid out there's not really a tutorial um there's certain tool tips you get but they're not very extensive so there's a lot of things that uh, you know there's a lot of trial and error in it there's a lot of times where I've died had to reload and then sort of tried to do things a different way and um, but it seems to be, you know, it seems to definitely be on the right track, especially for an early access game. Um, but in t- the visuals are, are, like you said, they're they're really, really good uh, once all the textures have popped in. Um, it runs really, really well. It's running at ultra at 1440p. I'm getting a solid like 50, 60 FPS. So that's it's obviously optimized quite well. Um, and uh, the facial animations, that's probably something you've seen quite a lot with the up close facial uh, stuff is really good and that's paired with really great voice acting as well um, but the only problem is I think because that technology is obviously so I don't know whether new's is the right word but so sophisticated there are times where sometimes their mouth won't move and their face will just stay completely still when they're talking. Um, but again, that's just something to be expected in early access. So um, it's just things you can sort of gloss over. But but yeah, it's it's really good. It seems like, a, you know, I'm going to spend a lot of hours in it. And it, like I said, I'm still learning it. I'm glad that I understand D&D. It doesn't seem very accessible for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, it's for, for what it is trying to be. It seems to, they they seem to have done a good job so far.
0: Yeah, that's the vibe I got. That it's not super approachable from someone who hasn't played this style or isn't familiar with mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons. But at the same time, that's what I respect because that that uh, community is so hardcore. Where it's like you don't want to dumb it down. I think you'd anger them. You want to kind of go full force yeah. into that direction, and that's going to appeal to yeah. that whole that community in general. They want this hardcore yeah. RTS, you know, a D and D style of gameplay, and and you know that's their market. Yeah. I want to say is it a Larian or Lariat Studios, and yep. they're famous Larian. for another. RTS, and I forget, the, I'm blanking on the name, but it's like uh, a Divinity. hugely, there we go. Yeah,
1: Divinity original. Yeah, and I haven't played them and they're meant to be absolutely brilliant. Um, but again, they're, they're games that, um, you know, eventually came to console, which requires obviously in a sense, dumbing down like the UI to, so that it works for controller and things like that. And I do think that Baldur's Gate will eventually become more accessible. I think the tutorials will be more fleshed out. I think certain UI elements will be easier to understand Um, because again like i said it's going to be an early access for about a year um, with act one only being playable now and a lot of other things not quite yet accessible that's going to be in the full game Um, so i imagine it will be a lot more accessible but like you said it's more important that they focus on getting these complex rule sets right and making sure that the hardcore fans are looked after because they're going to be the ones that are playing this in early access not not the people who you know are looking for the next Divinity: Original Sin, or the next, you know, Larian Studios game to play on their PlayStation or to play on Steam, you know, with, with all the support ready. Um, so I think for I think there's a lot of context to take into account before sort of playing it, and I think with that all taken in, it seems really promising. Um, and I think that uh, in a year's time, we're going to have a really, really great RPG uh, for everyone to play.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I know there's been a lot of build up to this final or, you know, this release for, for early access. So I'm glad uh, that it's already hitting those markers and they just have to kind of tweak yeah. stuff and go along the way. Sure. Um, yeah. That's dope. Uh, yeah. So as far as what I've been playing, I've been uh, playing a good amount of uh, Star Wars Squadrons in VR oh, yeah. uh, that just released uh, last week. And I say good amount yeah. of playing, but really it's been 90% of it has been just stuck in the settings, uh, getting it to work yeah. with VR. So it's just been a whole just shit show with getting my Oculus to talk to the PC and not crash and bug out. And you can always just play it on the regular screen. You can just do it like in not 2D mode, but like a standard 3D mode or you can do it in VR. And it's uh, once it does, once I do get it to work, it's crazy. Awesome. Where you just, you feel like you're in there. They nail the sounds of star Wars. You hear the pew, pew lasers going on. You're flying around and you'll do that cool move where it's always in movies where you fly through the destruction. Like you, You blow up whatever you're blowing up a second before you actually blast through it. And somehow you're like a free of debris (laughs) and you you do that all the time. And it's beautiful. The fire just roaring past you. And, uh, it's awesome. There's a cool story mode and, and in it, the characters are fully detailed and it just feels like you're there. You get to be in the war room where they're making up the plan and you play both sides where you're the, the empire and the resistance. And yeah, I'm just, I'm really loving it when it does work. Um, but it's such a great, uh, you think it's uh, it should have been done before this and uh, Star Wars and VR, mm-hmm. and I'm surprised it took yeah. this long. But it's it's a great idea and they they nailed it. But um, I'm very early into it. It's maybe about the first four or mm-hmm. five hours into it. But uh, it does it does make you nauseous. Like it's it's a you have yeah, to get back. used to yeah because you're moving fully around in 3D and VR rather. And it's like, but I've learned little tricks where if you're some of the cockpits have more of a viewable area. So if you kind of look into whatever direction you're flying. It helps you do those barrel rolls and and crazy yeah. like dogfighting maneuvers where you don't want to throw up. Because uh, as soon as I was yeah. playing, I was just like, I can't do this. Yeah. And it just yeah. kind of takes a while and you get used to it. And but super fun. Yeah, I really dug it. Yeah. Um, I haven't tried the multiplayer, yeah, no. but there is that multiplayer yeah, side to it.
1: I'm glad you've, you've played it because it, it came out. It's something that I was interested in because I loved the um, space battles in Battlefront 2. It was like one of my favorite aspects always thought you know that if that was fleshed out more it could be a really cool sort of standalone thing so um but I think it, it came out and was sort of I haven't really heard much about it so I'm not I'm not too sure how it's been received or anything so it's good to know that you know you're enjoying it and um I might look at picking it up I, I know that e, there's something to do with EA and Xbox Game Pass so I was going to look into that and see if I can get it on the cheap or or something like that um Uh, because yeah i love i love the space battles in star wars it's all it's just very iconic isn't it and all the sound effects like you were saying and and how it looks and um so yeah and i'm glad that 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 sort of you're having a good time with it and um yeah i completely forgot it was in vr as well so yeah that must be a real trip
0: (laughs) yeah and they really nail like when you're in the cockpit all the different buttons and doodads it just feels like everything does something so they just nailed the the ambiance of of star wars and yeah yeah, you're right where it was kind of seemingly under the radar like I really the week of I started seeing uh gameplay reviews and kind of people talking about it. it's like oh this game's actually coming out this week yeah. and it's a little bit cheaper too so in the states it's 40 bucks so I'm sure it's like 10 dollars off uh, in the UK so it's not a full-blown release so it's just a little bit easier to jump into because of that um yeah. but yeah they're they're really nailing it and um, I'm having a blast uh, overall the reviews were were pretty good so I did wait for some of the reviews to come out and it does work Once you get it and jump to the hoops, it works fine with VR and it's able you're able to just hit one setting and you can go from VR to Mm -hmm. to regular mode. So when it does work, it it works cool. But uh, it's just like it's just been a pain in the ass. And I first downloaded it on Steam and Steam doesn't like to talk to Oculus natively. So I got a refund and bought it on Origin. And then Origin is is its own can of worms, but it, it works fine there. And I'll yeah. just once I'm done playing, I'll just delete Origin and and burn my computer or whatever because I don't want it on <laughs> there. But
1: yeah, 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 burn all trace of of Origin. That's normally <laughs> what uh, what the plan is. But, yeah, um, I don't I, I don't know if you've seen because um, I was just thinking whether I was what what else I'd because I know that there's games I was looking at playing and it was have um, you seen PlayStation Now has just had um, Days Gone, Medieval and something else added to it I can't remember the third. Game. Yeah, you're
0: right. I, I think the there is another one, but uh, you're right with uh, Days Gone, which is which is cool yeah. because I I bought it for like full price when it came out, maybe about yeah. a month after it came out, and it just not, did not click with me. And I do have the the urge to go back and, and give it a fair shot, yeah. but uh, I'm glad that it's free for people to try now.
1: Yeah. And I think Medievals a great a great one as well because I think that's a game that was Quite niche to, to to certain people. I mean, it was a game that I was interested in, but at the time, it, I think it came out during a time where there's quite a few other games out as well. Um, so I think that's a great PS Now sort of acquisition, if that's the right word, because uh, that's definitely a game that I probably wouldn't have ended up buying. But now, with a PS Now subscription, I'll definitely uh, be giving that a go. Um, and that part that sort of partnered with PlayStation Plus as well, now offering that Vampire game. I think that's another great sort of niche oh, sure. game that people probably didn't. Buy, but I think there's meant to be a pretty good game in there somewhere. So, um, uh so yeah, I think those those games are, are games that I'll definitely have my sights set on for for the future weeks as well. If I ever finish uh, Baldur's Gate or Assassin's Creed, that is.
0: <laughs> yeah, you jumped into two like super lengthy games. So I don't know if yeah. you ever yeah. see daylight anytime soon. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, that is the you mentioned the how awesome it is to have these games, and it's really just been a I want to say a year since Day's gone. Maybe two years. Mm. It feels like it hasn't been that long ago, but where you're getting these, these you know, AAA games uh, not very long after release and for free basically on PSN if you just pay for the yeah. subscription. Like with digital, we talk about over and over, over and over again. I mean, that's the way to go. There's so many great deals on there to where uh, that's just it's such a, a great thing for consumers yeah. going forward where you can have these deals going digital and you can't get that kind of same kind of thing with uh, disc-based games. I mean, the uh, PlayStation is going to send you like old-school Netflix, a disc in the mail for you to try, then send it back. It's like the way to go is digital yeah. to get the the, yeah. the cheapest way to play games right now.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I, I think I think it's um I, I think those particular games, you know, Medieval Days Gone and Vampire, I think they're all, all despite them being on sort of you know separate services, they're still being given to you for that sort of subscription fee kind of thing. I think they're great. Choices because I don't think you can just go, oh, we'll choose a game that's, you know, this old and this well known. Because I think that there's a certain science between or behind choosing these games. I think they have to be games like those ones that are kind of maybe missed out by certain people or, you know, people like like I, I love Days Gone when I played it, but I never finished it and um, I'd love to go back to it. So, this just by it being on PS now, even though I already own it, it, it just sort of refreshes that want to go back to it. And and now I don't need to worry about downloading it like fifty gigabytes or whatever. I can just quickly stream it and hop back in see if it is something I want to download again. Um, because uh, you know the streaming works okay. It's a good way to quickly hop into a game whilst it's downloading or to see if you want to download it. It's a nice little way to test things. Um, but yeah, I think those are those three games. You know, Medieval Vampire and Days Gone are really good choices because again, they're except Days Gone, Medieval and Vampire both games that I've had my eye on, but I've never. I knew I was never going to buy them. Um, So now I get to play them uh, included in my sort of subscription that I already pay for. So I think they're really, really good. A really, really good month for PlayStation in terms of their their games.
0: Yeah, I wonder, this is like a separate conversation, but is there a financial way to still make enough money and go full subscription with like both Xbox and PlayStation go like a full Netflix route where you pay, Mm -hmm. I don't know, 30 bucks a month, but you get every game for free or part of that Mm -hmm. subscription. I wonder if it's just by nature, the whole marketplace for, for games is going to be always different from, from streaming media where you can't, you, you you have to pay you know per per item, but I wonder if there's a way to still make your money but have just all access to everything and you pay per month. Uh, I don't know if yeah. that eventually will go that direction because there's still so much money on the table you're leaving if you don't charge sixty bucks a month, but not or sixty bucks per title. But not everyone is buying these games. Every game you know when it releases, a lot of people are just buying one two games a year. That's a common thing I've always heard. They'll, they'll buy their their Madden, their Call of Duty, and then they're, they're all set. So I wonder if you could still get more money out of consumers if you do do some kind of just like all in subscription mode.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure what the best way to do. It. I mean, I quite like how it is at the moment. I think it's good that EA is kind of integrating with Xbox cause that just removes one of them. Uh, cause it did, it did get to the point where it seemed like everybody was going to start having a subscription when EA came out with theirs and, um, obviously with Xbox and Stadia with their monthly thing and, um so I think it I think it's good that Xbox and EA have sort of combined and now with Bethesda as well that's just sort of adding to that library um, I th- I don't think that it should um take over you know buying standalone games I think that'll always be there especially for those who buy discs or who just don't play enough to warrant a subscription they just like you said buy a game when they can and then play that because there are some weird people who don't think about backlogs they actually buy a game and then finish it which is you know foreign to me but they're um, nuts they're,
0: they're <laughs> uh, uh murderers yeah but i think the
1: one thing that would be really good is if ps now and ps plus combined you know i, I wouldn't mind paying you know maybe an extra 10 pound a year or 20 pounds a year to have both of those things combined um i think that would be a pretty good um a good little combination there um and a good way just to keep everything simple would be good for their marketing they'd be able to market things easier and uh, be easier for us to just understand what's going on um but but yeah, I th- I think I think at the moment I like how where everything's going. I like where these services are going. I like how you know consumer friendly they all are. I mean, PS Now is excellent value now. It never used to be, but now with their new prices, it's much better. And um, so yeah, I I enjoy these sort of service things. But I don't think that buying standalone games uh, sort of should or will uh, go away anywhere.
0: Yeah, agreed. I'm just. I wonder if there is a, a way yeah. to kind of proceed that direction, but uh, mm. yeah, it's it's tough. And there's so much money being made. It's like, why would they ever do that? But although Game Pass is yeah. sort of getting in that direction with offering yeah. you so much and you just pay whatever a month. But yeah, yeah. it is interesting. I think these companies will keep trying different uh, different ways, you know, to to get the the most out of consumers. I think a lot of consumers just aren't buying stuff all the time. And if you can give Mm -hmm. some kind of excuse to get them paying per month, I mean, that's uh, that works for Netflix, but it's a it's a different situation for sure for games. But yeah. But yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, we got some uh, originally we didn't have a lot on the docket for PlayStation, but as they do, they just dropped some uh, news. What yesterday (laughs) all of a sudden and uh, it's stuff that's been long coming. And that's one of the topics later on I want to get into as well. But uh, we have some details first on trophies. And this I will allocate to you because you're the trophy expert here. But <laughs> I go over some of the details and get your take on it. So we got the upcoming trophy leveling changes detailed. This is Toshi Masa Aoki, the Director, Product Management of SIE on the PlayStation blog. So trophies were first introduced on PlayStation 3 and have been an integral part of the PlayStation gaming experience. Today we're excited to announce we're bringing some enhancements to the trophy system. So there's a bunch of different uh, changes or upgrades to the trophy system. Uh, first is trophy levels, new trophy levels. The first thing you'll notice as the is the big change to your trophy level. We're increasing the trophy level range from the current 1 to 100 to 1 to 999. So following this up, Date, your trophy level will be will automatically be remapped to a new level within this new range based on the trophies you've earned to date for example if your current trophy level is 12 your new level will jump to somewhere in the low 200s the exact level will depend on the number and grades of trophies you've acquired there'll be no change to the trophies already earned or trophy information such as unlock requirements uh so picking apart this first column, how do you feel about expanding that trophy list i know you like to accumulate trophies what are your thoughts on that mm-hmm.
1: Yeah I like it I think um, at the moment it doesn't really mean much um, just because we don't have the new uh, bronze silver and gold uh, platinum sort of uh, image for the levels Um, but no I like it I think it's cool I think it just gives you extra incentive Um, I think that whole level thing was was a really cool idea because it kind of gives you like this meta role-playing thing for your own profile which is quite nice but so I think for them to focus on that is a good is a good move and Um, Yeah, I went from like level 22 to 349, I think. So I'm now silver one, the first silver, you know, 300 to 399, which I think is really cool. It's kind of like a ranked kind of like Overwatch sort of division system, which is really cool. It's just going to make people enjoy trophy collecting even more. Um, I don't know whether I'll ever get to platinum level, but (laughs) we'll have to see.
0: Yeah, I didn't check mine because I have so few trophies. It's like, not even. I'm sure there's no change on my end because I have, I don't know, like five or something. But yeah, it's very low on yeah. my end. But yeah. uh, so in addition to that expansion on the levels, so we have this new level calculation structure according on the PlayStation blog. So we've implemented a new trophies level calculation system that is more optimized and rewarding. Players will progress quicker through the early levels and levels will increase more consistently. Platinum trophies will count more towards your level progression making them even more valuable. And there's a picture here of the various uh, levels. And it looks like different icons, possibly. So and I'll transition to this last part. So the new new trophy level icons with an unexpected level range. We were also expecting the expand updating, there we go, the trophy level icon on PlayStation 5, as well as PlayStation app at a later date. Currently, the trophies icon is just a single gold star, but we're adding a few variants. The icons will also have a subtle distinction to visually suggest how close you are to the next level. Lastly, just for clarity, trophies that you've earned on previous PlayStation systems will come to you to PlayStation 5, just as they have, just as they have in previous generation transitions. Um, are you digging these new icons? It seems like it's helpful to give you more information. I like the idea they're getting helping you understand like your progress towards the next level. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love it. Again, it's just like sort of having uh, like a ranked system like you see in Overwatch or Fortnite and all these multiplayer games that I don't play. <laughs> um it's kind of like a nice yeah it's like a nice just prestige thing isn't it you know you get to look straight at your profile see what league or but you know what kind of way you're sort of ranked and um, which is really cool it's a cool way to you know if you look at other people's profiles just to get a quick glance at you know how many trophies they have or, or how you know how much they sort of do and i think it would be a good way to get people to get into trophies more because that you know they're going to see people with these gold um you know logos or these silver logos um and it might make them you know want to rank up because that's that's the nature of it isn't it that's how that's why it works in games like rainbow six siege and overwatch because you see these people in like gold division or whatever and you think oh, i want to you know get up there so i think it's a really cool idea i think the only problem i have is um i still think that they need to somehow factor rarity into how much a trophy gives you because um there's all these there's lots of games that have these really really easy platinums and um and these games that people buy just for the platinum so i think rarity should you know be a big factor into how much these things progress you as well because if if platinum if just the fact it's a platinum trophy gives you like a huge amount of xp then these people who have like downloaded these duplicate games across like the vita ps4 ps3 that are like five minute platinums um it's just it's just kind of like cheesing it and i think that there should be you know, some equation that maybe times things by the rarity, you know, so like bronze, silver and gold will have like a base amount that they give you, but then if it's like a ninety nine percent common platinum, then it should, you know, get rid of a lot of that that original score. So um I think there's still a bit of work to do, but this is but you know, this is still good. I think it's a nice little uh incentive to add on. And yeah, and, and I think they're right by saying um having more levels means it's more satisfying to level because you know, I'm leveled. I was level at like 22, 23. So I, that's not really. I never really cared about it because it never really changed. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a nice little um, addition.
0: Yeah, It's very true where they don't have a way to adjust for like if you have a hundred platinums and whatever Barbie games that came out. It's like it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't uh, equate to. And then not to you know shit on Barbie games, but like just stuff that's more common versus stuff that's yeah. more rare. And they do tell yeah. you when you have that breakdown of each trophy that it is a, a more rare trophy to get. But it doesn't transfer over here. So, but you're right where they've turned this as it should be into like a mini-game. That's what it should have been from the beginning. I like that it's going that direction where it just gives you an incentive to try and reach for that platinum. Otherwise, before it's just kind of been up to you and how serious you are as a gamer, but yeah. but now you have kind of this number level system that's just gonna, I wanna say, urge more people to to try and get those those uh, rare platinums and, and trophies and it's not it's not gonna do it for me because uh, I don't care at all. But I, I <laughs> like that it's there. Maybe seeing that number is gonna bug me, but um, we'll see yeah. how it goes. But
1: or seeing or seeing that bronze logo. That little, <laughs> yeah. that little bronze you know you don't you don't want to be a bronze PlayStation player <laughs> do you <laughs> I'm sure
0: they're just gonna give me a, a cardboard you know cutout or something. Like yeah. that's all I've heard at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but it's also that they're this is stuff that they should have been uh, the information that should have been you know given us beforehand. I'm glad we're getting it, at least yeah. now. But uh, that's part of Xbox yeah. has been really good with just revealing this stuff. And you'd have to imagine, that, and we'll talk about it, but like this month it has got to be the month where they start to give us these details because there's a lot of stuff we still don't know. But uh, they did give us the the whole kit and caboodle with the PS5 teardown. That was uh, also revealed in the same day of PlayStation announcement. So we got the teardown. I have the video link if you want to watch at the same time. We don't have to watch mm-hmm. the... Entire thing, but uh, I was going to kind of scrub through it, and just the fact that we got to see this thing completely dismantled, and that's one thing that Xbox—they really started doing this months ago. I think the first thing they showed was just this thing dismantled, and then they put it put it back together. But uh, finally, we're going to see PlayStation show something like this off, and it's just uh, it's it's good to see that we have this this information now. And yeah, what are your takes on this teardown? Uh, I did think beforehand that. Those fins, the size, were going to come off in some capacity, and it's confirmed now they yeah. they can be con- they can be taken off. Uh, then you have the breakdown itself, but uh, yeah, what are your thoughts just with them finally revealing this information?
1: Yeah, I th- I think it looks really good. I think it's a it seems like a really great system, and there's a lot of room inside it, which is you know as f- as far as I know from building PCs, that's a good thing for airflow um the liquid metal thing as well is like sounds crazy impressive i don't really know much about it but the fact that they spent 2 years developing it i think that that, that speaks volumes um yeah i think i think it was really great i think it seems like a really well engineered piece of kit and i like the sound of the dust catchers as well um because you know no matter what these machines are going to collect huge amounts of dust um, so i think just by having something that might you know help remedy that and make it easier for you to clean it um i think that that's uh that's a cool little uh thing as well but yeah yeah i thought yeah. It, it it looked really cool it's nice to see it up close and um i was even getting excited about the the stand you know how you can like put the screw in the thing and then rotate it and it's all very clever and very futuristic so yeah i, re- I, I do like it
0: what do you think of with that stand? I think immediately Xbox started talking some shit where they showed a video like here's how to turn the Xbox One X over the Series X and they just flip it over. But with play, that was just yeah. a uh you know a clap back to PS5 where you have to take off the little wheel and then spin it around. Yeah. I have no problem doing that, but yeah. I thought it was nah. it was funny that they they took the chance to yeah, talk some shit.
1: I I did see that. I thought it was it was kind of weird, uh, like a a weird thing to try and like make a joke over because it's so like irrelevant kind of thing and i think with the xbox it's like when you put it on its side you can still see the stand and that's kind of weird um, oh yeah because it's just on there really mind yeah it's just it's just on the bottom so if you put it on its side then it looks wrong it looks like it's on its side you know you don't want it to ever look like it's on its side like if you have your ps4 when you have it on its side that's sort of the bottom of the console isn't it so You want whatever way you've got it, you want that not to be the side, you want that to be the bottom. Um, And so by having a stand always on there, that means it is always led on its side, if that makes sense. Um, So, yeah, I think it's cool because, I mean, if you look at the PS4 as well and the PS3, you always had to buy a stand separately. So I think the fact they're including one um, and the fact that it it doesn't just it's not half ass, you know, it's not you just take it from the bottom, put it on the side. You actually have to, like, change it so that it fits the console nicely. Um, I think it's classy. I think it's a classy stand, and it, you know how stands go anyway. Um, yeah, I like. I like it. I think it's it's a well designed looking thing. Um, I still don't I think the console itself looks that nice, but I think the stand helps it sort of look at least uh, normal. Um, but
0: yeah. And that stand is essential because no one's going to be able to fit this in whatever, you know, entertainment center they already have. And you mentioned the dust collectors, too. That might be essential because a lot of people are going to put this thing on the on the fucking ground because there's no way to like actually, you know, set this up. So I'm just going to I'm going to sit on this thing and just kind of play games on it. But uh, so they one of the first things they take off in this teardown are the fans or not the fans, but the, Mm -hmm. the fins rather the sides. Which I'm very excited for because uh, I can't wait to just spray paint the shit out of this thing. Like how long should I wait before I spray paint this thing gold or whatever color I want. And I have seen people break down. It seems like Rather than offer you a black or multicolored PS5, they're just going to sell you the fins that are officially, you know, colored by PlayStation and all that kind of thing, um, which might be a bummer paying another 60 bucks just for these these little mm-hmm. fins that are that are customized. But if anything, it lets yeah. you fully do whatever you want, put stickers on it, you know, spray paint it. I just love that you can mm-hmm. customize it if you want to go that route and just do whatever you want to those, those sides. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. I'd I'd like to see some you know twenty pound replacement ones as well. You know, different designs and things like that. And I mean, it's a it's, it seems like a cool way to have people you know artists create their own and sell them on. Um, so it seems like a, a really you know promising little just a little thing that that, that could just add some interest to to owning a PS five. Um, I think it's quite cool. Um, I think the closer I look at the the console, I think I like it more and more, but I'm still unsure on how it looks. It still is a bit strange looking. But but in terms of the insides, I think it looks really good. And I think it looks like there's a lot of airflow. Um, The liquid metal sounds like it's going to do some good things for the cooling. Um, Because I haven't really looked at the Xbox Series X stuff. um, And I know a lot of people are trying to say because it's compact it's going to get really hot and I know I know some people have been saying it does get very hot um so you know this is a this is a good response to that kind of problem or that that potential uh worry that people have Um, I'm sure it'll be fine I'm sure they will have tested it and they probably wouldn't have sent it out if they knew that it was going to be you know really really hot but um I think if I was to guess which one's going to be thermally better, I would have to say the PS5 just because there's a lot more room. They've clearly built it that big to fit in that huge heat sink and, you know, to have that much, um, you know, just empty space for all that airflow. So, um, yeah, I think it's a great, a great teardown. And, yeah, I'm excited to get my hands on one uh, even more. Well, I, I say even more. Um, I don't know, M- maybe a bit more because of the liquid metal. That's pretty
0: cool. Yeah, that thing is nuts. Is it going to come alive like, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. T2 style? Or And you mentioned yeah. the heat sink. That heat sink is goddamn gorgeous. Uh, I've never been in love with a heat sink more than seeing this thing. It's just really cool metal design, and it's just beefy as hell. So, yeah, they're yeah. really thinking forward with heat dissipation and, uh, of course, just like the overall size of the thing. But yeah, mm-hmm. I love seeing that that heatsink, that crazy fan too. One of the first things they tear down is that beefy circular fan. So they're really yeah. focused on on just airflow and cooling. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I found interesting, so I want to break this down a little bit more. So they start doing the teardown, and one of the things they fo- they show first is that expansion bay uh, for the SSD or whatever SSD they approve. And mm-hmm. but they also show further into the breakdown they show the the motherboard and the chipset and there is an SSD on the motherboard. So I think the mm-hmm. standard SSD is already there and the expansion yeah. port is for further memory. I was under yes. the impression yeah. that... You have to swap out their SSD for another one, and mm. you only have that mm. way of expanding the memory. But it looks like you have their their standard 800 gig, which yep. we'll talk about might be less. But you have that, mm. and then you can expand to the yep. uh, to a new a newly approved uh, SSD, which is dope. Because I was assuming that you just have to swap one for the other, but it looks like that's not the case.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's nice because I mean these SSDs are at first going to be expensive. you know, Gen four NVMe uh, drives are going to be they're not going to be cheap. So it's great because it means. No matter what you buy, you add 700 gigs, say worst case scenario, onto that, and so much room you'll have. So you can just go out and buy a 500 gig one, maybe even a 240 gig one, just to give you that little bit more room. Uh, in fact, oh actually on the on that topic, I bought myself a NVMe drive for my computer, um, and it was only 90 pounds for uh, a terabyte. Uh, western digital ones so um yeah I was looking at the time at the gen 4 ones and they were about 150 pounds uh for a terabyte you know near nearing 200 pounds as well um so they're not cheap at the moment but you know like, like you said this the the initial storage is on the motherboard that it so whatever you buy is just additional uh storage which I think is a really really great way to do it um I think And I think that speaks volumes about why this SSD is so important to the PS5's architecture, because it is so, you know, it's designed, you know, internally with everything. Um, So, yeah, I'm really, really excited. I think that that was probably one of the big takeaway things that the SSD was on board. Um, I think that that's a really, really good, uh, good thing there.
0: Yeah, I was very because uh, I just didn't know, or I was under the wrong impression, and maybe that's also because Sony hasn't been giving us the details, and finally they are. But I was assuming you're gonna have to swap it out and choose. But I'm I'm super glad that now it's it's on the motherboard, and you have that external expansion bay, and you can wait until these things get cheaper. Or you can adopt now for a you know like a 500 gig kind of uh, model of those super fast SSDs. But uh, yeah, that was huge. That liquid metal thing, don't fully understand it, and. It, there's pictures of it where it's just it's just on there stuck to the motherboard it's, or the, the processor itself. So does it mm-hmm. droop out or can you does it ever, you know, weaken? Do you replace it? I don't know how you'd actually buy some liquid metal in the store to actually put it in there, but yeah. that's great yeah. tech um yeah and overall i love that they're finally breaking this thing down and just showing you and it's a very nerdy video itself like it's just very proper i think he even has like the the guy uh, taking it apart has like special screwdrivers that he's using it's just like super nerdy to the max but i do love how they've how they've finally shown this and it's been a long time coming for sure
1: yeah yeah i I yeah i think with the liquid metal um it looks like it's underneath some sort of film so it's so it's kind of so you can see it running but i think that there's some there's like a clear something on top of it to you know keep it keep it in place or something maybe like a bit of glass or or something like that um i'm not sure but um yeah i think it looks really cool i know that a lot of people are already trying to you know say it's bad or whatever and uh, you know i I think there's no it's the same people who are trying to say that the xbox small form factor is going to break it or whatever you know that these people are like at the top of what they do, you know, they're experts. Um, and whilst there has been a history of some of these machines, like the Xbox 360, for example, having really poor soldering and all that, I think that these are things that are just so much better understood now. Um, So, you know, it's, it sounds like it's new technology, so of course there could be something that goes wrong, but I just don't think that's the right mindset to have because you can do that with absolutely anything new that comes out. You can always find the pessimistic sort of viewpoints. And I, I think that everyone should just... You know, for the PS5, they should be impressed with the the sort of large form factor and the the onboard SSD and the liquid metal cooling, and people should be impressed with the small form factor of the Series X. I think they both have their own uh, engineering positives and negatives, but um, yeah, uh, it's a really cool video, and uh, like you said, it's very, you can tell that, you know, they really know what they're talking about when he's breaking it down and everything, and um and he and he does it so delicately as well, which is uh nice to watch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, funny because anyone taking apart their PS5 is going to be on the carpet. There's going to be a dog yeah. running around. It's not going to be in this <laughs> clean, you know, sterilized environment. Yeah. So that's good that they at least Man. start it here. But no one's going to be yeah. in the same format. But. Yeah. Yeah, with the liquid metal thing, that could turn out to bite them in the ass. But I, I, I agree with you. Where I'm sure they fully understand what they're doing, and they wouldn't go that route unless it was doable. I'm sure that adds price to it too. So it's not a an easy decision that they made on their end. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like it's uh it's the way to go, and um, I'm hoping yeah. that it you know doesn't have any weird caveats or issues in the future. But um, it mm-hmm. for for sure sounds cool. It reminds me of Terminator mm-hmm. 2. So the more, if I can have this yeah. whole thing liquid metal, it's always a race to like get to that one PS4 or it was like a PS9, you know, mock-up commercial where they had this just like goopy spherical thing that was promoting, yeah. I think it was promoting the PS2, but it was like flash forwarding to the future. Uh, it's a race to get yeah. to that. Well, however close we can get yeah. to that. Now we have the liquid metal. So we're closer to this floating orb that just like sinks to your brain and you don't have to worry about anything.
1: Yeah yeah well, so, i wonder i wonder what the different sides would argue about if that was a thing you know what, what, what could they possibly uh, find that
0: right well they're using third generation liquid metal and their brain chip and plants <laughs> yeah. aren't as fast because they're not integrated yeah it's going to be another you know we're just going to yeah. find other things to pick apart and it's it's <laughs> yeah it never ends but, uh, yeah, this is great. This is also weird when you step back from it there's this is the first generation where both companies come out with a a breakdown of their machine like traditionally, they don't do this. They don't want you to take this thing apart or see what it looks like on the inside. But now we have both companies like willingly showing you here's the inside, here's how everything works, breaking it down, but this is the first generation where they there's now an incentive to do that
1: yeah yeah, yeah i think I think it's important just I think. Maybe they they weren't planning on doing it, but with Xbox doing it, and um, you know, and they and they've got stuff they want to show off. You know, like the the SSD and the the new GDDR6 RAM and and all the rest of it. Um, you know, they're probably proud of it, and they want to they want to show it off. And uh, it was definitely the smallest SSD I've ever seen. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that how that goes.
0: Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, the closer we get to this, I'm just getting more and more stoked and we still need more info. We'll talk about that too, but at least we got this tear down. Now there's another, it's just more of a rumor, but as we're talking about the SSD, this uh, thing came up this week. So it's a leak possibly from res- reset error. And so take it with a grain of salt, but it's saying that the actual hard drive usable space. So the hard drive itself is like 800 and some gigabytes. Once the OS is is on there and all the features and stuff, it looks like it's a 664 gigabytes of usable space. It could be, it could be not, but just to compare it, well, Xbox Series X, their one terabyte hard drive has 802 gigabytes of usable space with with the OS on there. So it seems like there'd be some sort of comparable, you know, downgrade of hard drive space with everything on the PS5. Does that turn you off if this is true, if it's around that range?
1: I mean, I, I use a 500 gigabyte hard drive on my PS4 and I've never changed it, never used an external hard drive and... That's plenty of room for me, you know. I I, I never have more than, you know, th- I never I'm never playing more than three or four games on my PS4 anyway. Um, I mean, I'm sure six hundred gigabyte will six hundred and sixty gigabytes will probably you'll probably want more space than that, but um, you know, I I don't think I think in this day and age, hundred and fifty gigabytes of extra storage um, isn't a huge amount to shout about, especially when the PS5, you know, reportedly has a far superior SSD you know infrastructure built into everything um and also it's much easier to you know expand on in terms of the storage and everything so i i don't know um i think there's cases to be had if someone wants to say they're disappointed with that then that's completely fair enough um i I can see why um but yeah i don't know i think it you know it swings and roundabouts it's you're going to get certain benefits and certain disadvantages for for each system and i think that this is definitely one of them.
0: And also one thing that will help is they've been promoting the fact that going forward, they're going to let uh, developers kind of section off what they allow to download first. So say you want to play the newest Call of Duty and it's going to be whatever, 200 gigabytes, you can decide to just download the single player or just download the multiplayer. It depends on the dev supporting that. But at least that helps with, I don't want to use up all my space. I can just download portions of this game that I want to play and leave other stuff off. So to kind of help you manage uh, the space that you have. And uh, you're right. We're just going to take us kind of, you know, just shuffling the games around. A lot of us are already used to that with that stock 500 gigabyte hard drive. And then you can still have your PS4 games on an external drive. And that can be whatever external drive doesn't matter. Um, But yeah, so it kind of, there's a sticker shock. There's like kind of a a letdown seeing that downgrade in space. But it's just us, you know, we just got to manage our space and move stuff around. And then you can eventually upgrade that SSD or that expansion bay. So it's not the end of the world. But it does seem when you see that... That tagline, if that's true, it's just kind of like a slight bummer, and I think haters jump on that and going, "Oh, the you know Series X has two hundred more gigabytes." It's like, okay, man, it's like we're all used to kind of shuffling. Even with the Xbox, you're going to have to deal with memory at some point. You know, deciding what to delete, and it's not the end of the world. But I did see that kind of floating around on- online.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, and 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 I mean, like I said, I, I think the PS5's SSD is is supposedly much faster than the one using the Series X because it is the one using Series X is just a typical you know an uh, NVMe drive that isn't quite as because uh, it's you can you can take it out and change it can't you so it's not it's clearly not as um you know integrated into everything as as is as as it is with the PS5 so i think it, with that in mind you have to sort of um expect some um sort of minor uh, you know downfalls but but yeah like, like i said i i think that, that that's a fair argument to say the Xbox Series X has 200 gigabytes of Free space, but I think if that's what's gonna sway you to purchase a, something over another, I think that you know that that's that's quite a small uh thing to to sort of pinpoint on so um but yeah uh, i mean six six hundred and sixty gigabytes probably isn't enough, and people will have to buy expandable storage, but for me personally you know I'm happy with five hundred on my p s four now um so you know six hundred and sixty of extremely fast s s d storage is is fine with me
0: right. Yeah, so one feature they've been talking about as well, this is from the initial beginning, is the 3D audio capability. So we have some more info on that. So PS5's 3D audio will almost certainly work with your existing headphones. This is Sammy Barker of PushSquare.com. One of the big features that Sony's promoting with PlayStation 5 is is its inclusion of 3D audio. And in a new PlayStation blog post, it's confirmed that you won't need any additional hardware to take advantage of the feature. While the platform holder is Pedaling its new Pulse 3D wireless headset, it's confirmed that you'll be able to get the exact same experience with the headphones that many of you already own, either through USB connection to the console or by plugging your headphones into the DualSense wireless controllers, 3.5 millimeter headset jack. If you don't have or don't want to use headphones, then rest assured that Sony is working on a virtual 3D sound solution for standard TV speakers. Quote, we're also in the process of working on virtual surround sound through speakers that are built into TVs. Explained Sony's Isabel Tomatis. Although TV speaker virtual surround sound won't be available at launch day for PS5, it's still a feature we are extremely excited about and our engineers are hard at work on bringing it to PS5 in the future. So Callum, I'll bring this back to you. So with the fact that you don't need to use their special, um, you know, cool 3D pulse, 3D wireless headset to get these features and you could just use your standard headset. What are they really doing behind the scenes to get that advanced 3D audio if you can just use your existing headphones?
1: I have no idea, but it's it's very it sounds really impressive um, that they can just emulate this, you know, 3D audio. Um, so, yeah, I I think it's, you know, people like to say Sony are very anti-consumer, but for them to say, you know, we've got this new wireless headset, but you can get the exact same experience with your own headphones. I think that's that's not following that narrative at all. So um, I think that's really cool. I think it's a really, really nice thing um because I, I I didn't I didn't know any of that at all um all I knew was that they had said that or what I'd, what I had seen that was focused on was the fact that 3D sound for standard TVs isn't going to be available at launch and um I remember thinking at the time it's like well why would it be you know if your TV doesn't have 3D audio then why would it be available but now I understand it's because Sony are trying to make that a f- like virtually a thing for stuff that doesn't actually support 3d audio so um yeah I think that's very consumer friendly and I think um that's that's really really cool I think for me you know not having to buy a headset and just use my current one and be able to still um have the have a, a better audio experience I th- I'm really really um, excited about that
0: yeah because I was debating actually pulling the trigger and getting one of those cool headsets because I just want to, because they've been touting the whole uh, 3D audio so much. It's like, I want to hear what that sounds like. But if they're able to replicate that, it's just uh, at some point, I don't know how they're doing it. If it's all, I imagine it's just all Mm. software based because you just, with regular headphones, you have one side, you have the the two sides left and the right. So how are they, creating that sense of 3d sound with just the two Mm -hmm. headphones yeah i'm just not sure i know there's stuff like dolby atmos where it's multiple Mm -hmm. uh multiple speakers to create that 3d audio sound so i don't know how they're doing it but if they can nail it that's cool then it gives you it really gives you less incentive to buy any kind of 3d uh audio branded you know headset going forward because if you can if you can get it with the existing one there's no real reason to Mm -hmm. adopt but yeah Maybe if you hear, if you get to actually try at a Best Buy or something like here, the standard audio versus like the actual Pulse 3D audio, maybe there's a huge jump. But uh, yeah, I'm just wondering how they're actually making it work.
1: Because as far as as I understand it, it's that, you know, surround sound is, you you know, you can hear things around you and 3D audios, you can hear things above and below you, um, as well as things of proper depth. So, I mean, I'd imagine that that is virtually possible um, because it's all to do with, you know, the distance or the angle of certain noises and sort of where you're hearing it come from. I mean, it's very clever, but um, I'd imagine that with, the, you know, the Pulse 3D wireless headset, I'd imagine that that's just got far better sound quality. You know, I don't I don't have a impressive headset or anything that has like insane sound quality. So I'm sure that even if the 3D audio work, you know, you would be able to hear above you and, you know, really be able to tell where things are coming from. Um, I think, I still think audio quality will be an important um partner to this 3d audio so i don't think that necessarily the the, the wireless headset's gonna be um you know not not what you know um not worth you know worthless now um but i think that if it's got good audio quality um then i think it'll still be you know worth the money because i think audio quality is very important to that whole thing anyway
0: yeah as we go forward i do like them tackling these different features because we kind of nailed, yeah, everything's a 4K, it's running great, everything looks beautiful, that's cool. So there's other things we can focus on with hardware, with software to handle things like sound and just how that works. And it just helps you feel more immersed in your gameplay. If you can hear the mm-hmm. you know, the bullets hitting the floor, like the shell casings, you can hear grass, a character in the grass in front of you. I imagine something like mm-hmm. uh, Last of Us 2 would be even more immersive if you can really just hear mm-hmm. the environment around you. So I, I want to see yeah. more of that going forward. I think visually everything looks great. So let's kind of dig into the other aspects of gameplay and focus on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we had some information. So my, my question that I had that I was going to pose to you was really before we got this drop, because it was, it was the fact that we've had months of Sony just kind of withholding information, not talking about stuff. And it reminded me of the hu- hubris of Sony from PS2 to PS3, where they were thinking, hey, whatever we put out, they're going to buy it, those dummies, because they love the PS2. And then the PS3 was kind of a shit show, at least early on. That was my initial question, but we've got a little more information this week, but uh, I'll pose these questions to you and see what you think. So is Sony falling back to that overconfidence they had with the PS3 era? Era. So withholding information. We still don't have an ID on the UI or info on on boost mode or an upgrade for PS4 games. Streaming app support, PlayStation Store redesign. So in comparison, Xbox is they're fully promoting transparency with, with influencers already having the Series X and trying out the smart delivery, uh, comparing old-gen games, the speed on next-gen, multi-swapping. Do you get any sense that the PS uh, PlayStation is still kind of going back to that feeling of we're the top dog so we don't have to provide stuff, we can kind of push something out and they're going to buy it no matter what? Do you get that vibe or are they kind of learning from their mistakes?
1: Um, I definitely get a vibe of them... Real, like, sort of not have it not not worrying about what people are saying um whether that's overconfidence or whether that's just them focusing on what they're doing um i don't know but i don't feel like it's similar to the ps3 era um i mean firstly just to say about the uh, you know comparing old gen like loading times and everything i mean they they compared spider-man running on a ps4 and a ps5 like way back before we knew anything i mean back before the ps5 logo was even shown um, and this is I think this is even before Mark's probably just before Mark Cerny's power hour thing he did. Um so I think they have been, you know, showing things. I think they've just been doing it in their own way. And um I think to to compare it to the PS3 era, I think that the big problems that they had there was um the overconfidence that made them put the price so ridiculously high. Um I think and also obviously their their new architecture the cell architecture that ended up you know being really difficult for people to develop on at first um so i don't think and i think they're the two things that caused them to have this really shaky launch and i don't think that they're present here i mean the ps4 the ps5 is actually the cheaper option with the digital version um they um and also obviously with their architecture it seems to be just as normal i mean obviously they, they don't seem to have as good backwards compatibility but i think that is because of the ps3 not because of the ps5 um i think that is because of the ps3's architecture still to this day um messing with them um so no i I don't think that they're falling back to that overconfidence um in terms of not seeing the ui and you know some of these other uh more sort of bespoke information i don't think i think there's something to be said for leaving that for now because i think that you know the UI doesn't need that much of an overhaul. It just needs to be quicker. Um, and that SSD will ensure by default that that UI is going to be lightning fast. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure that we need to see too much. I think, again, it's nice to have some secret secrets. I didn't know that it was nice to have secrets this close to launch, but it is kind of exciting. It's keeping it exciting. Um, so, yeah, I think there's definitely, again, there's definitely an argument to be had that you know, Xbox are being very transparent and PlayStation maybe are holding some things close to their chest, but I don't think they're doing it for any other reason than they're sticking to their plan and they're not letting anything divert them. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I don't, I, don't, I don't think they're getting overconfident. I think that they, you know, they probably still feel the embarrassment and the effects of what happened with the PS3. And despite the PS3 eventually coming round and and, you know, eventually dominating that, sort of generation towards the end, um, I think that they'll never forget that. And I think that that'll always be something for them to think about when, when uh, doing this.
0: I do hope so. Those lows were so low with the PS3. I'm really hoping that's burned into that, that uh, just mindset going forward, it's like, let's not forget, you know, how we dropped the ball and we just assumed that whatever we put out, people are going to adopt. That was not the case. And they took, took them time and now they're fully on top. But I just worry that they're going to fall back to that same feeling. But they are super yeah. confident. So the, that is the next thing here. Sony expects the PS5 to outsell PS4's launch year. This is also Sammy Barker, PushSquare.com. Sony is banking on some big PlayStation 5 sales in its first few months on the market as it aims to beat the PlayStation 4's first fiscal year. The company's current-gen console sold 7 million units from its launch in November 2013 through the end of March 2014. But we know from past reports that the manufacturer may be planning to produce as many as 15 million next-gen consoles by the end of the existing fiscal year. Uh, And so also I wonder, so we're about a month away from PS5 release. There's been little fanfare to promote and compete with the Xbox's console release do you think we get one last day to play in this month to kind of fully flesh out any answers or, or rather questions rather and answer stuff like that UI, like uh, other features they haven't been talking about? Or do you think we get these like piecemeal updates or do you think they have this one last hurrah showing off why you need a PS5?
1: Yeah, I think we'll, we'll definitely get something. I think it will be something similar to that teardown um i mean we've seen some i mean i've seen some things of the you know we've seen the ps5 load up where with all the you know sort of stars and the, the dust and and all of that i've seen a couple of those um especially with now that i know that they've got hands-on in japan at the moment there's been youtube videos of um people you know playing on the ps5s and yep um and i, I know that we've seen a little bit of the starting ui uh there but um, yeah, I'm sure between now and then. I mean, they'll have to show it at some point because we they they wouldn't let us go in blind. And uh, even then, people are going to get them early um, and and show them off. But um, but yeah, I, I I think I think we'll definitely see something. But um, again, I'm I'm not too worried. I've seen enough to know that I want one. Um, I'm not bothered about the UI. Um, I know it's going to be fine. Um, so I mean, there's not even even if it, even if I don't like the look of it. Um, you know, I'm going to be playing games on it. And the fact it's on an SSD means it's going to be fast no matter what. I mean, there's no way that that's going to be slow. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just ready ready to, to see it, but not too uh, worried either.
0: Yeah, same here, really. Even with all the different criticisms, I'm still on board. Nothing has really swayed me from... From wanting this thing and uh, so i would like more information but at the same time if i don't see that ui if uh, it just shows up at my door and uh, you know i'll figure it out along the way great you know so uh, it's just kind of in comparison to xbox they're really they've taken these two different models where xbox has been showing everything out of the gate trying to get everyone adopting just showing what they have and all the features and playstation has been very you know close to the chest but i think you're right where Mm -hmm. they're just following their plan and uh kind of deciding when to show stuff and that at the end of the day it helps them promote the system i mean building that hype it seems to work where if they shoot off a tweet where there's the logo it's the you know one of the highest rated or retweeted things and it's just the logo mm. so the fact that they're holding it back uh, holding it back because they know there's so much demand they've kind of uh really really created that that hype in a, in an expert way um so yeah I, I can't wait either way but it's uh it's just stuff that i wonder about wh- how they're thinking behind the scenes and be awesome be a fly on the wall with their plans to see what's going on
1: yeah yeah, yeah. it'd be but, nice to nice to actually get a ps5 pre-ordered as well
0: um, so. <laughs> yeah any luck there anything up? you know releasing yeah. I, I know they one of the last things to talk about was the fact that they have what seven million that they're going to try and produce but that doesn't equate yeah. to pre-orders yet still
1: no yeah so yeah i mean it's gone very quiet uh over in the uk in terms of um stock um, so i don't know but this is promising i mean the fact that they're producing this many um i mean they're producing you know double uh over double the amount of ps4s they sold um, then hopefully i should be able to get one fairly fairly easily but um who knows i uh, hope maybe i'll just be watching youtube videos of people playing <laughs> until i can get mine <laughs> yeah you might
0: be so Cal, here's some better news. Uh, I know you're a huge uh, Worms fan. This is Worms Rumble brings real-time mayhem to PS5, PS4 in December and an open beta announced. So this is Stephen uh, Tallaby of PushSquare.com. Ever wondered what a real-time version of Worms would be like? You won't have to wait wait too long to find out as Worms Rumble is heading to PlayStation 5 and PS4 on the 1st of December. Alongside the release month, an open beta test has also been announced for PS4. From the 6th to the 8th of November, PS Plus members can join PC users in a cross-play multiplayer beta. It's set to feature three game modes, Deathmatch and Battle Royale variants, Last Worm Standing and Last Squad Standing, alongside one map and the full launch lineup of weapons um how Doctor, you i know you're a pretty big fan of the worms franchise
1: yeah yeah it looks uh it looks fun um i love worms i love uh hogs of war as well on ps1 that was a great sort of 3d worm like uh game um yeah i, I mean I, I haven't seen a worms game that's sort of been that great for a while so i hope you know i've got high hopes for it but um you know it, it looks like a lot of fun but you know we'll, we'll have to wait and see how that how that goes um they are they are great fun. But um yeah. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. I'm not I'm not sort of holding holding hopes too much, but um yeah, hopefully it'll be it'll be good
0: fun. Do you think you'll try to jump in on this beta? It looks like it's enough. I, I already skimmed through that when I was reading, but is it free? It looks like it's free for PlayStation Plus members, or if you have to actually purchase the the pre order to get in on this?
1: Yeah, I don't know actually. Um, I, mean, it's, I was going to say it's beta, free so I'd imagine it's free um, yeah just skimming to the end here see if it says anything uh, no it doesn't actually um, yeah I mean yeah I mean open beta normally means it's free so yeah I mean maybe I might give it a little go see what it's like um, I just I mean I, it's just been so long since I've really dabbled in multiplayer that I just don't know whether I can do it there's just something scary about it now <laughs> yeah uh, so away from it for so long that I mean the only multiplayer game that I just want to see is Last of Us Two. Um that that that, that that's a for game sure I'd definitely be jumping into. But um but yeah, no, maybe if if I you know if I find myself on the first of December, um, you know, needing to play something. Um or <laughs> is it or is it six to or is it November? Sorry, that it's
0: So from the sixth to the eighth of November is the uh, PlayStation see, Plus yeah. members can join. So yeah. So not yeah. a month away.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, yeah, if I if I'm around, uh you know some time then
0: yeah why not yeah nice yes yeah, so i thought we'd just end on some positive news at least stuff we do know about yeah. that worms beta <laughs> coming out um yeah. but yeah calum that's uh it for us this week you know i'm just going to scrub through twitter real quick because often they announce stuff right <laughs> yeah, behind our do, backs yeah. and they don't yeah. they don't uh, respect the fact that we're recording we're definitely at the same on time.
1: purpose as well
0: <laughs> but yeah it looks like nothing crazy is going on all righty calum so uh yeah we'll end it there where can they find you online
1: uh, Bear Monroe on Twitter. Uh, other than that, I don't really talk much, much bollocks anywhere else. So uh, Twitter's the best place.
0: <laughs> nice. Same here. You can find us on Twitter as well at Plastic Card Pod. That is it for us this week. We'll see you guys next week. Bye bye. See you later. You're
1: too late. I've already summoned media.
0: <laughs>
1: okay, let's go.